as I said, we take a little, a little break from our Lenten spirit and celebrate a feast day, a joyful feast of the chair of St. Peter the Apostle. You can tell it's a little more joyful because we prayed the Gloria. We didn't sing Alleluia, but we prayed the Gloria, sign of a feast. There are three feast days in the church year that honor St. Peter the Apostle. The big one, the biggest by far, is the solemnity of St. Peter and Paul. That's June 29th. So that's the, that's the main feast in honor of Peter, the man. And then the, on the other end of the scale, the little one, the optional memorial of the dedication of the basilicas of Saints Peter and Paul. That's in November, November 18, is it? 18, I think. Anyway, uh, that honors Peter and Paul as well. The, the establishment of their tombs and the basilicas built over their tombs. And then in between, you can see how spread out throughout the year we honor St. Peter. We have this one, February 22nd, Feast of the Chair of St. Peter. He doesn't share this one with St. Paul. This one is really a feast of St. Peter the Apostle, and especially of his authority. Now, before we go further, let me just uh, invite you to reflect on the experience of being under authority, most of you have worked in the world, in corporate life or in businesses, you know how it is, especially in bigger companies, if there are enough employees, everybody complains about the boss. It's the one thing that seems to unite employees is that they have some complaints about the boss, either their immediate supervisor, which is usually the target, or maybe the manager above him or her, or sometimes the big boss although usually not, usually not the remote one who doesn't have interaction with the rank and file uh, staff. It's usually the one who is forcing people to get their job done or keeps them on their toes. And so that's what, and, and, and this is true in every human organization, everyone. If you go to the parish, people complain about the parish priest. If you go to the diocese, the priest will complain about the bishop. If you get together with the bishops, you'll find bishops complaining about the Pope. If you go to any company, that's part of the dynamic. And sometimes it's true, of course, sometimes a bad boss, a, ba a, a boss who doesn't do his job right or who doesn't treat his, his, uh, those under him properly, yes. But sometimes it's just that natural dislike of being told what to do or being under someone's authority. But you'll notice in that dynamic, nobody says there shouldn't be a boss. Nobody says, why don't we just get rid of this office of boss? Why, why do we have to have a boss? No one says that. Because everyone understands, when every rational person understands, there has to be someone to make the final decision. There has to be someone to, 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 who says that the buck stops here, and this is what we're going to do. And like it or not, if you like that decision or not, there has to be someone to, to do that in every human organization. It's, it's chaos without it, and that's worse. So it's better to have a bad boss than to have no boss, because if there's no boss, everybody claims to be a boss, and you have anarchy. At least if there's a bad boss, you can, you can make a criticism, you can try to make it better, or you can at least uh, uh, reflect on, on, on how it could be done differently. But if there's no boss, 
and no, no foundation, no place to stand. Okay, so that's, that's true of every human organization, and it's true in the church. There has to be a loss. There has to be someone who's got the last word. Now, if you talk to evangelical Christians, they would immediately say, yes, Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church, and we say absolutely true. That is absolutely right. Jesus is the head of his body, the church. He's the boss. And he reigns by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he submits himself fully to the Father. Yes. But Jesus himself established a human boss to represent him in the world, and that is St. Peter. It's clear in today's Gospel, the one I just read, Matthew chapter 16. Jesus says, you, Simon, you are blessed by my Father, and you, I'm going to give you the name Peter Rock, and on this rock, I will build my church. So it's Jesus' church, and he's the one who's building it, but he's building it on Peter and on his confession of faith. I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give you authority on earth that extends to heaven. It's quite a, it's quite a thing. And anyone who reads the scriptures, reads the gospels and the Acts of the Apostles, knows that among the 12 apostles, Peter is the first. Even the most low church or no church Christian, even I, I was thinking today about the Quakers, you know, the Quakers, they don't believe in any hierarchy or any roles of authority. But even they have to acknowledge that in the scriptures, Peter is the first among the apostles. He's the, he's the leader of the apostles. Now, they think that the low church or no church, you know, non-denominational people think that there shouldn't be any established structure. That's how they believe. But, but we understand that Jesus' plan was to build a church. And in order to build a church, he has to put someone in charge. He put Peter and the apostles in charge. And what we celebrate today is this office of the, of that, that Jesus entrusted to Peter. The chair of Peter. The authority of Peter. The office of Peter. The responsibility of Peter. The, the, the last word in this world about what goes on in the church. That authority remains in the church, in the office of the Pope. So yes, we're honoring Peter, but we're not only honoring Peter the man, or Peter the apostle, or Peter the, 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 the one who was in charge while he was on earth. We're also honoring his office, which is the Pope. Papacy. Now, there have been a couple of hundred popes, not 100 and 265 or something like that. How many popes? 265? I don't remember. Something like that. Uh, and most of them we, we don't know very well. Uh, some of them have been extraordinarily great and holy men. Some of them have been extraordinarily wicked, uh, evil men, scandals. Most of them have been pretty good guys who, who tried hard to do their job. But all of them have had this authority and all of them have, you could say, sat on the chair of, of Peter. And while they were in that, in that office, they had authority on earth that extended to heaven. What they declared bound on earth was bound in heaven. What they declared loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Every one of them. Now, the Pope right now is Pope Francis. 
he's uh, at, at the center of a bit of a controversy because of the document that was issued in December about, about informal blessings that can be extended even to same-sex couples. And you know, maybe you know, the controversy swirling around that, whether he, and now he, he didn't write the document himself, but he signed off on it, his, uh, the, the man in charge of the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith, Cardinal, uh, Cardinal Fernandez is the one who wrote it. But anyway, the Pope stands behind it and his authority is behind it. So there is an extraordinary amount of uh, pushback against that document, including among the bishops, including whole groups of bishops, the whole continent of Africa. <laughs> All the bishops of Africa have said, no, we're not going to implement, implement this document. So it's a very unusual situation to have this kind of division over an official proclamation. But it is not a rejection of the office of Peter. And it's not a rejection of the doctrine of the faith that is entrusted to Peter and to the church. It's a dispute over pastoral practice. So just so we get clear here, this feast day brings before our eyes, the absolute authority of the Pope in the church. And we honor that role. We, 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 God established it this way. Jesus built his church on this very rock. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything Peter does or everything Pope Francis does or says. You can go back to the age of the apostles and remember the dispute between Peter and Paul. Paul saw Peter not being completely uh, forthright about the acceptance of Gentiles into the church. And Paul says, I opposed him to his face. It's in the letter to the Galatians. I opposed him to his face. Did, did Paul reject the authority of Peter? No, not a, not, a, not a bit. But he did correct Peter because Peter in practice was not standing up as an as a, as a authentic witness. Okay, so I'm just pointing that out because uh, a lot of Catholics get scandalized by the Pope or by opposition to the Pope when it comes to these controversies. That, I mean, that can be disturbing, but it's not, it doesn't shake the foundations of the church because nothing can shake the foundations of the church. <laughs> They're established by Jesus Christ and the rock is confirmed by Jesus Christ. The gates of the netherworld shall never prevail against the church. And the keys of the kingdom of heaven are entrusted to the church in the person of the Pope. That's what we celebrate. We celebrate this office. Um, it's, it's a great gift. In fact, it's what unites us. Well, the faith unites us, and the Holy Spirit unites us. But in the structure of the church, it's, that's what gives unity to the church. If you want to be Catholic, well then, that means you accept the authority of the Pope. And if you don't accept the authority of the Pope, well, then you're not Catholic. That, that's, a, that's a, an absolute, that's an essential criterion for Catholicism. So what we're celebrating here is the unity of the church under one head. Yes, Jesus Christ is the divine head, and the Pope is the representative, the vicar of Christ on earth. And that's a great gift to celebrate.